wanted to. You know. So? I didn't look at any penis. There's only so much room in Tom's heart for outlaw much bullshit. There's a quota. Welcome to the One Fall WrestleCast. I have one too. Gentlemen, how's it going? Good. Pittsburgh up in here. What's up, fellas? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's actually where I live. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh. I, I work in Pittsburgh. You do. I gotta let Penny out because, of course, she hears the music and it's time to go. Peen Joe. Bye, Penny. Bye, Penny. Thanks for being here. Bye, Penny. Thanks for tuning in. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Amazing, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, fine. Yeah, fine. I feel good. Kids chose violence today. All of them. But well, it happens. It's, yeah. It does happen. It was uh, a rainy day. Yeah, it happens. Like I said beforehand, I'm pretty sure that my two-year-old squared me up today, but we won't get into that. I think he could have taken you. I mean... I'm a large, I'm a large human being, and he's just such a small little guy. But he's he got, he's got he, is he quick? I don't know if he's quick. I haven't. Met yeah, him. he's he's actually pretty quick. Yeah, he could just. You, oh, you ever seen Mickey in the in the Beanstalk? Yeah, that's what it'd be like. Oh, yeah, that's, oh. that's fair. He's eventually gonna grow up to take you, and it'll be hilarious. I doubt that. Oh, yeah. it'll happen. Yeah, you thought that about yourself one day too, and how that worked out. Still for waiting. Well, one day, Derek was still waiting. Up. I want to point out that Walt has lied to me for the past year and keeps telling me now Derek's like, he's real little, like he's a small person. Like you'll never, it's like, he's not a big guy at all. He like walks in like he's, a, he's the most normal sized person I've ever seen. So, I mean, we, uh, we went to AEW dynamite this past Wednesday in, we in Pittsburgh. And uh, I guess we're going to get into that here in a couple of minutes, but, uh, so I, I sold Tom cause I met Tom for Tom and Derek for dinner beforehand. And um, it was delicious, by the way. Hey, I'm glad. Glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, Derek was running a little bit late, as he tends to do, because, you know, that's just the type of human being that he is. There and, was construction. Uh, this one was oh, not my fault. It's just who he is as a person. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm selling it hard. I was like, man, you're not even going to see him walk in. The doors are just going to open. And then <laughs> Did you you're, not even, tell you're not even going to be able to see him. Like, Yeah, he was like, the doors door are going to open. You're going to see the door open. You're not going to see a head. On over the little <laughs> the little stand there, and like you'll see him come around the corner, oh, but you'll just man. see his head pop up behind the bar. <laughs> He's a little taller than the bar, as Walt said to me. Now, and and let's let's put this into perspective. For the last year, we've been doing this podcast, and Walt has continuously sold that you're not a big you're you're just a little guy. He calls you Pee Wee every time, all the time, and and just it just continuously sells that you're not a big guy. You know, you he really should have put like, a booster seat on the bar stool. That would have made it even better. Oh, it would have really, missed opportunity. Missed, swing and a miss there. But uh, he walks in and I'm like, he's totally normal size. He's not even a little bit short. He's just like as average sized as average size can get. Yep. And yeah. I'm just 5'8 and normal. Yeah. Walt's, Walt's a liar. Uh, he is. I had a lot of fun over the last over the last year. Um, really, <laughs> really driving so that house. When the secrets out. Yeah. I'm normal sized. As many times, as many times as I said, 
I'm sure he's he looks normal size. I'm sure he's normal size. You'd be like, nope, 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 nope. You'd like um, double down on it. Yeah, but you know, oh, well. you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, pal. Uh... <laughs> and speaking of doing what you gotta do sometimes, how about uh, how about our guy, the limitless one, Mr. Keith Lee? Kind of doing what he felt that he needed to do, and I mean, I'm glad old. he finally came out and said yeah. something. I don't. I mean, I guess he's kind of a private guy and didn't want to like put it out there. Do you want to tell what say what happened? You want me to do it? No, go ahead. I mean, this all is- right. So basically, I mean, in a nutshell, what Keith Lee said is that he was on, uh, he was on, you know, a show, and two days later, he tested positive for COVID or something. Three days, a couple days later, tested positive for COVID, and he was sick, sick. Um, Mia Yim voluntarily would not leave him and stayed to take care of him. Uh, from from his own mouth, he says he's not sure what would have happened had she not, because she was a godsend for that, um, and good on her for taking care of of you know the one she loves. She also got COVID, so she also got sick, but she apparently didn't get sick as bad. But um, so that happened. So he got sick. He got COVID. Uh, it was rough. He was super sick with it. Uh, he was out it was three, four weeks or something, and then he came back and wrestled one match. Uh, immediately after that, um, hey, my wife's handing me beer. Thanks, babe. Hey. Uh, immediately. <laughs> Go, right. Yo, that's what I'm talking that's about. Right? That's love. That is love. But uh, so immediately after that, um, he wrestled. He wrestled one match in February, I think, and then uh, the doctor called him the next day and says, "Hey, something, something with his blood work ain't right." And uh, so they went and they checked his heart and everything, and they were like, "Yeah, uh, so if you uh, if you do a strenuous activity, you could just pass away." Uh, that's what he said. You could just pass away. So the man could literally not do anything other than maybe take a little walk, uh, for he was not allowed to, or he could, or he could have legitimately died. And, uh, eventually that got better and that got better, but it was months. There was months there, um, where, uh, yeah, him, him wrestling could have, could have killed him. Uh, and, uh, that was, it was that post COVID, uh, the, where your heart gets uh, inflamed, like an inflammation. And I mean, this shit's no joke, man. It, it could have taken out the limitless one. I mean, you look at, you look at a dude like Keith Lee and it's like, man, what could take this guy out? Oh, okay. A virus a virus yeah. could take him out. So yeah, uh, this is no joke. This almost took out the limitless one. And uh, I'm real glad it didn't because I'm a huge Keith Lee fan. Um, but good Lord. What it's a, crazy. It's what wild. a story. And right? it's like you, you know, like a lot of times, you know, some of the these more famous type folks that, that end up with COVID and stuff, you know, you, you always hear like they, they seem to be having all these weird complications post, you know, I mean, you look at the, you know, the sudden passing of Brody Lee and everybody was like, oh, that's COVID. That's COVID. Got to be COVID. Yeah. Got to be COVID. And, and it wasn't right. Yeah. But then you get somebody like Keith Lee where you don't hear anything about him getting COVID and we were never kind of clued into that or anything. We were only clued in when Drew McIntyre got it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to me that seemed very scripted, Um, you know, and and that's just my opinion, but, you know, regardless, like it's weird that, you know, all there's just still so much that we don't know. 
and and this inflammation of the heart that that could have killed Keith Lee, man, that that's just some wild stuff. That's terrifying. It, it absolutely terrifying. That's terrifying. Absolutely, you know that's I, that's that's horrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad Keith Lee's back, and seeing him back in the ring now is just like, I mean, especially after now hearing that, it's like it's it's kind of a relief. I mean, I know he's just been kind of getting 50-50 booked, but still, like, just to see him back in the ring. And, I mean, just getting – I mean, he's got to get back on, get back in shape. I mean, he literally couldn't do anything but, like, maybe take little walks for Yeah, man, months. I couldn't imagine being out of the gym for months, being out of the wrestling ring for months, and then all right. of a sudden you got to come back and get your sea legs back on television. So, not, I mean, uh, not an envious position to be left in. No. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I'd love to see him in a in a title picture right away and, like, you know, Grizzly Magnum and some dudes. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't see it coming. Um, not anytime soon. Not anytime um, soon. But uh, you know, best recovery to him, and I'm glad to see him on TV. He might be on TV tonight. He probably is. Um, probably. But we're here recording, so. Yeah. Well, you know, as we tend to do, because it's not like any of us watch Raw, anyways. Well, I watch it later. Yeah, I mean, I watch it later, it's but you know, way better. It, yeah, you, gotta you can watch it in 40 minutes. minutes. It's, it's so much, much better. better when you can fast forward. Yeah. So kind of felt the same of, way about SmackDown this week, though, too. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah, we'll that. we'll get into that in a hot second. But I'm sure, sure. Um, so speaking of 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 people missing television time, this isn't necessarily missing TV time, but uh, Friday Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks had their little in ring con- contract signing little segment, um, which included Zelina Vega and Carmella for some reason, which like, I, I don't know what that's all about. These are the four top women going after the, the, the top prize on SmackDown. And now like all of a sudden Sasha Banks has a little stable. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that's all about. I don't but know. I, I kind of liked it when she brought back up. I yeah, was sort of into that. It, it was interesting. I mean, I giggled, but like that, that's not the issue. Right. So I guess Saturday, um, and Sunday they were scheduled to appear because, you know, they're probably working out some of their spots, um, you know, checking sure. crowd reactions and stuff at the house shows. And um, they were announced, they were advertised for the shows on Saturday and Sunday. And then when it came time for their match, they were announced that they were not there due to unforeseen circumstances. Um, and that happened on Saturday night. Nobody thought too much about it. But then when it happened last night on Sunday night, uh, it, it kind of got the the dirt sheets a buzzing, and now there's a lot of speculation that they may miss SummerSlam. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that they probably tested positive for COVID. It, that that can be the only thing, right? I, I mean, there's no one way of them got hurt. One of them tested positive, and they've spent so much time together that. You know, maybe they're just quarantining the other for, you know, for safety would, reasons. And I, I mean, I would hope for their sakes. I'm sure they're probably both vaccinated at this point. But and, you know, breakthrough break, breakthrough contracting can occur. I hope they're not sick. Uh, I hope they are vaccinated and I hope that it's it's just precautionary. I mean, obviously, you don't want to walk out to two people with you know who may or may not have te- tested positive for covid whether they're vaccinated or not right. and have them in you know in an arena where they're putting on a uh ath- athletic event um you know cuz they they can't they couldn't wrestle in I mean I suppose luchadors wrestle in masks but you know, we didn't have them wrestle in like face masks and like 
I, I mean, it's just, it's not, um, you know, it's, 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 it's not a good look to it. If, it if I, mean, were to do that. I mean, they could just bring them out in like ninja masks and just yeah, have but, like, yeah. the, the, but we all know that COVID doesn't exist in, in Vinnie Max television world. So no, no, you know, um, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's just interesting. It's an interesting little wrinkle. And, uh, you know, I, I hope that it's not COVID and I hope that it's not serious and, you know, maybe they just uh, took a couple days off, and you know what I'm saying. And, and um, maybe somebody tweaked an ankle or something, and they're just trying to trying to get that all rested up before before the big show here in five days. Could be a number yeah. of things, but I mean, the world we live in now, pretty much everything is. Uh, it's good. And unfortunately, I'm gonna say we're probably not gonna know what's going on until at least Friday, right? I mean, they're not gonna make an announcement pertaining to that tonight on Monday Night Raw because it doesn't make any sense for the raw product, you know. No. And as far as the billing on SummerSlam and stuff like that, if there's uncertainty, like I'm sure they're not trying to, you know, to to flub up their card and, and their promotion and all that stuff. So it's gonna be real, real interesting to see how this gets handled. Um, you know, and, and to hear the details of what is going on here uh, in, in the coming days as we lead up to SummerSlam on Saturday. I bet we don't know what happens until Friday, until like the pre-show. Like, I bet yeah. we find out on the pre-show. Uh, that 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 could happen too, you know. And, and it's weird because, like, you know, SummerSlam's on Saturday this year, and they're putting Takeover on on I'm Sunday, yeah. which is interesting, especially considering all of the controversy that's been surrounding NXT in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's weird, fellas. It? It's really weird. Like, whenever NXT I realized that, it's like, what is going on? I did watch did NXT. They do that? I watched the Hulu version of NXT this week, which is only an hour. Um, and oh, generally, NXT's on Hulu, too? Yeah, and it's only an hour show. But generally, I don't do that unless I'm really, really far behind. On, I didn't even on, know it was a thing. On catching up for the week. And... Um, because, you know, generally I enjoy the NXT product, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, lately it's been. Tuesday was very disconnected, man. It, it, it was like it, it was like it didn't build. Like it was all kind of guys you'd never see on TV. And I mean, there were a couple promos and things, but man, are they like. It, it feels like a product that's hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't feel exciting. They feel sad. And yes. I'm like. It, just watching it was just like almost kind of sad to do. And it's like, man, this is this I brought it up. I think last week and I'm like, this kind of makes me not really want to watch wrestling. At all, yeah. Yeah. You part. did say that last week. It's so, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I hope there, this is just the, like, you know, the, the calm before the storm and NXT comes back to its, its, its glory. Cause it hasn't been, probably for about six months, it hasn't been as electric as it once was, um, as must-see TV as it once was. I mean, you know, that's not necessarily their fault. I know they had injuries. They had this, that, and the other. I just wasn't as into what was going on. And, you know, I, I think the storylines were good, and, and but they finished up, and then they just didn't have as good of storylines to pick up where the last ones left off. And, uh, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm disappointed, obviously, that uh, NXT has fallen as far from grace as it has. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I guess coming going forward. Um, but as far as the COVID thing is concerned, yeah, I mean that's 
man, how much longer is this going to be a is this going to be a, a plague on our no no pun intended a plague on our existence? Uh, I um, mean, just, you know, I, I really thought we were turning the corner on this, man. Like you so know, and now all of a sudden the 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 Delta variant is kind of just smacking everybody in the face here, it's hitting kids and stuff, and it's like. Yeah. Fuck. It's wild. Uh, somebody had asked me yes the other day um, at work. It was like, hey, man, like, you know, we were just talking about some things and, you know, some, uh, you know, some discussions that are being had, you know, at, at the higher levels. And um, one of the things that we're talking about is maybe, you know, just modeling mask usages, you know, um, you know, for safe work environment and stuff like that. Yeah. I was talking to, to one of the one of the staff members and they were like, hey, man, like is it just me or did like the flu just like disappear? Like, well, yeah, it, yeah. it definitely did. I haven't had the flu either. And I, I really think that the masks really like, I don't know how much they help with the Delta variant, but man, they sure seem to eliminate the flu. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know from, from a guy who used to get the flu twice a year, every year. Uh, I haven't had it in two years now. So, uh, it's a nice side you know, effect. Knock on wood, I guess, right? <laughs> nice side effect. Yeah. So it's really it's really uncomfortable and my glasses get all sweaty, but you know what I've yeah, been in two years. So yeah, that, that's that's the absolute worst. Hey, Derek, so so what do you think about this whole Bianca Belair and uh, Sasha Banks thing? You think that there's uh where there's smoke, there's fire? Is that what we're looking at here, or you think this is something else? And to be honest with you, fellas, I don't see them unless they are physically in bed on their deathbeds unable to come out there i don't see them i really don't and i I know that sounds terrible but even if they're positive i could see vinnie mac trying to get them out there man i don't don't know man i I know you always uh in our text messages and stuff like man no you you shut down my crazy conspiracy theories quite a bit but telling you vince doesn't care Vince has his own mind made up about things. See, I think he cares. If he has the level of liability too. You turn, I think you turn SummerSlam into a super spreader event. They know the, they know the exact billionaire they're going to sue. Yep, it's already going to be a super spreader event anyway. I mean, maybe. I mean, they are saying that it's going to be the largest, the the largest event that anybody has had since the COVID era. So they did that with. WrestleMania too, though. Yeah, but this is going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, and they're going to have it packed to the gills. Yeah. So I mean, I and that is a big ass stadium. It is a big. One ass question: stadium. Is it outside? Is it going to be outside? Like, does it have yeah, a top it, on it or what? It has a top, but I think it's got a retractable roof. Yeah, I, th- I think it will be retracted. I think that's usually the SummerSlam thing: is that like you're they're yeah. usually in kind of a big open. Right. open space so I, I do think it'll be open um i don't know i know that was a good great mitigating factor for the non-delta variants of covid um mm-hmm. i'm not a doctor i want i can't stress that enough that i am not a medical professional uh by any stretch of anybody's imagination um, i mean you have a you have a, something hanging on your wall that says dmd no it's it, actually an envelope in my basement <laughs> um no it doesn't say dmd it says uh it it, it 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 says uh uh jd juris doctor it's a little uh, different uh, so, so i was i was referring to the towel behind oh me. that the towel yeah, yeah d yeah. m d well I, I mean i wouldn't take 
I wouldn't take virus uh, virus protocol from your dentist either. So. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's just you that's know. fair. Yeah, it's reasonable. I mean, I like my dentist, but I wouldn't ask him if if I should get the COVID shot. That's he's not <laughs> the guy. Uh, I do like him, and he probably well, why not? Derek, Derek asked me if he should get the COVID shot. I did. What you got? Why not? I did get it. I mean, well, you should ask your doctor. You should ask your doctor. I mean, really, ask like don't act, like don't listen to people on the internet. Like, go to the the guy who's gonna tell you. Well, you know your your cholesterol's high, and I want to put you on the Lipitor. You go. You ask that guy if you should get the COVID shot, right? Like, you ask the guy who has a who has a a vested interest in you staying alive, whether or not you should get it. Because you know what, some of them might tell you, "No, don't get it. You're at risk for this, that, and the other thing if you get it." And fucking yeah. other people get it. Just stay at home and wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, you he could say, "Yes, you moron, go get it now. How do you not have it yet? What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like, you know, ask your doctor. I'm not your doctor. Walt's not your doctor. Britt Baker's not your doctor. Although that'd be really sweet if she was, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Um, yeah. Derek's not the doctor either. I am guessing the doctor is going to read me a new asshole tomorrow because I actually do go to my doctor tomorrow. But, um, you know, you it's never fun going to the, you? exactly. You know, like, uh, so I see you've lost no weight and your blood you pressure drink? is so high. And yeah. Yeah, but well, the, you just be, say, "Hey, doc," but I'm doing a podcast now. It's 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 therapy. It's therapy. Yeah, I'm going to therapy. It's fine. You should uh, you should check my blood pressure. Well, I don't know. After some of the after some of the plugs, you should probably not check my blood pressure. <laughs> but after some of them, you know, it is relaxing. After some of them, it's it's you know a little more tense at times. Sometimes. It's really, I fault. always feel very relaxed at the end yeah, of these. It's well, it's because it's usually Derek's fault. That's why, but yeah. <laughs> so. Since uh, we kind of started to fall down the NXT rabbit hole a little bit, I kind of want to talk about something that, that has been brought to light by our buddy, Mr. Dave Meltzer, this week. Now, obviously, this is coming from Dave, and you have to take this information with a grain of salt, right? But apparently, what ha happened was there is rumor within WWE as an organization that... Triple H is in a little bit of hot water because he didn't necessarily win the Wednesday night wars and that he couldn't outperform AEW. Um, and there are people that have positioned themselves against him and have kind of sabotaged him and his ability to continue to move forward with NXT as the product that we've come to know and love. Now, obviously last week we talked about how NXT is as, as we know it and love it and respect it is dead, right? And I think we got a little bit of that on Tuesday. We got to look at that on Tuesday. And I, I think post-Takeover 36, we're going to get a whole different kind of feel to what NXT is going to be because uh, allegedly they're moving to taping NXT now and then just I saw that putting it on USA, which apparently has pissed USA off, which um, I would imagine was probably the play, right? If you're trying mm -hmm. to sabotage Triple H and everything that he's done for NXT, um, you piss off the network, they're going to give him the old dirty boot, right? Yeah. So um, the gist of this this whole conversation that Dave had was that there are people that, that were fear, fearful of their jobs and their livelihoods if Triple H were to ever come into power, who tend to have a, an audience with Vince McMahon. 
And if Triple H were to ever take over WWE, they feel these individuals feel that they would cease to have careers. And they um, would. Absolutely. Guaranteed. So if they're concerned about it. So apparently these are the same group of folks that have, you know, kind of put the bug in Vince's ear that Triple H has failed WWE as a brand by not being able to compete against the upstart AEW and not being able to put ratings on, you know, uh, put the ratings up against AEW to, to make the, the NXT product as a standalone and look better. And that's why the move has come to release a bunch of his, like, I guess, prized talents and, uh, you know, kind of hit the reset button and turn NXT back into developmental. Now, apparently, um, you know, the, the whole thing that, that has been said was um, it's largely based on what was said to be a new company directive for the product and a behind the scenes power struggle involving those who fear for their positions if and when Levesque takes over and thus want to undermine him and those who support Levesque. So, um, and then it goes on to say, it was reported that Vince wants to completely rebrand NXT from a show heavily relying on smaller yet more experienced superstars. It will now focus on bigger and younger talent. Uh, Vince McMahon's undercutting of Triple H has come as a surprise to many as it believed that Triple H will look into the wrestling aspect of WWI, of WWE while Nick Khan manages the business end of the company in the future. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing it kind of unfold right in a, in the public eye. And I don't necessarily know that this is something new in the wrestling space. I don't necessarily know that this is something new in, in the grand scheme of business in general. Um, but if this is what is happening behind the scenes, I, I've got to, I've got to feel that this is a negative for WWE in every way, shape or form. If it is, well, this, this is the death of WWE. I mean, not immediately, but that's this is. God, if you're Triple H, you just okay. You play you you play your cards out, and he's not a nice guy. Like, not nice is right. He's not. He can be a son of a bitch, I think, and I think that you know he he's he's shown himself to be a shrewd businessman, uh, and maybe even a little bit vindictive. Uh, as as a person, so uh, and I don't know what Stephanie plays into this with, but I mean that he's clearly her husband, the father of her children, um, and Vince is an old man. Uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that Triple H is going to have any bad feelings towards Vince, particularly. But how much longer is Vince going to be around? Let's be serious. Um, I know we've said this before, but it's not. It's you know he's he's in his seventies. He was before he was not in you know. As it gets longer and long, as you know, he you, you, you doesn't sleep at night. You hear that all the time. I, you know, how, how much longer can he go on like this? Maybe five years, let's say. Let's say maybe five, let's say five more years, right? Right. Max into his 80s. And, you know, at which point, you know, Vince retires or dies or whatever happens. And um, I think if you're Triple H, you can immediately leave, find investors, backers. And you've got, you've made all this all these contacts all these people all these people you know these people with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Chip, you're friends with The Rock and John Cena. You telling me The Rock and John Cena wouldn't be like, yeah, let's start a wrestling company and make it good. Yeah, just something like that. I'm just you know in, in my in the back of my mind, 
It's like, why couldn't Triple H do what Tony Khan does, is doing uh, and run it his way in a way that, des- like, Triple H has the locker rooms, he has, you know, all that stuff, uh, you know, or who's to say he couldn't join and be a partner with AEW and make it the biggest brand in the world? I mean, it's, not, it's, it, it's, it's very, it's, I feel like there's, there's danger in poking the guy who's clearly the number two. Because when the number one goes down and or retires, if the number two is mad at you, one, he's going to fire you anyway. Or two, if you have tried to undermine him and that worked, uh, he's going to ruin your company from either from the inside or from the outside. And I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what their goals are or whatever. And if it's the well, it, it's not to say that, like, oh, my God, WWE is this amazing product that deserves to live on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Like it's, 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 you know, it's got its flashes. No, it says in the opening, it's forever. Well, it's said that for years. They could be jeopardizing that forever uh, with this. And that would be my, that would be my thought on this. Uh, As far as whether or not there's a power, I'm sure there is. There's no doubt in my mind. There are people who Triple H has probably looked at uh, and said and seen in meetings and, you know, he's a big, intimidating guy. If you're this scrawny net, little pencil neck, Paul Levesque gets in your face and says, what you just did in there, I'm going to kill you. Or, you know, whatever, whatever, however he he de- conducts his own business, right? Like, it, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine not being like, well, crap, when this guy takes over, all of us fun Hollywood writers are fired. He's going to make this a, you know, back to what wrestling used to be. Um, and there's going to be a booking committee and it's going to be made up of wrestlers. Like when Triple H was on the friggin' booking committee during the Attitude Era. You know, sitting there with Jim Cornette and and and, and Bruce Pritchard and, you know, some other, you know, Bro. some other wrestlers. And... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anytime, anytime I bring up Russo, Tom's just like, yep, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, some of the Russo stuff worked out pretty good in WWE because I feel like they had a filter on it. Like there was a filter was Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince McMahon was the filter on it. Um, They just put him in charge of WCW, and there was no filter, and it was like bad, stupid idea after stupid idea. It's like Vince McMahon has the ability to like polish turds, and at least he was like being fed like kind of exciting turds, right? Yeah, like Vince would like water them down and like make them palatable, palatable turds. (laughs) Um, But in WCW, they were just like straight up open ass shitting into the fans eyes. It was terrible. It was bad. bad. Derek, what do you think about this whole thing? This whole rumor about the power struggle? Pretty much, fellas, it's all bad, 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 bad. And we, we covered a lot here. So let's let's start back with the network issues. USA signed up for a certain deal. They signed up for live NXT tape television and moved it from one hour to two hours. Um, Obviously, that's all where it went downhill, at least for me. Uh, You moved it from one hour to two hours. We've all seen that whenever it was just exclusively on the network, it was a quick one hour, fast paced, all good, no primary shit, you know, no no bloatedness. Let, let me just interrupt you there real quick, though, too, pal. So, like, 
with the the hour on the network, we were getting one week that was stellar, and we were getting a second week which was developmental, and then we were getting a good week and a developmental week, a good week and a developmental week. When we moved to that two hour format, we got a complete show, so we got to see a lot of those 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 top tier NXT talents every single week, as well as those talents that we were trying to build and develop. So for me, the two hour program for NXT is the sweet spot. Okay. Well, that's fair. Well, let's just uh, let's just let them have the two hour two hour show. I think two even hours in that case, the man was set to fail from the beginning. H- how are you gonna? For one, you're you're already established brand, an established brand which, in the eyes of many people, is tired and redundant and the same thing over and over. We're we're sick of it. We wanted something different. We wanted change. And now when AEW came out at first. There was some wacky booking. There was some terrible shit going on. There was there some might good still stuff. Be a little bit of wacky booking and terrible. There's a little bit but, of wacky booking. Okay, okay, so but it's listen, not as listen, bad. Bro, your boy Enzo even was on Busted Open last week and said that NXT was the original alternative product to what WWE was trying to offer. And I, I mean, if you disagree with him, pal, I, I mean, I, I don't know what. I've never heard truer words spoken in my life. Like NXT was good because it was different. Yeah, and that's fine. But they had no buzz. There was no buzz on NXT whenever this AEW thing happened. And then they wanted to move NXT from the network to television to then compete with a rival brand. So there was already no... There was no one set up Wednesday night had their DVR set for 8 o'clock to to tape NXT. Because that wasn't a thing until AEW started at the exact same time. I yeah, think there I was one week it was where one week. NXT was. Yeah, week, there was one started week. a week yeah. before AEW did. Right. Yeah, it was. It, it uh, wasn't but NXT was, was also also established on the network on Wednesdays at eight PM. So anybody that is a hardcore fan knew that NXT was a Wednesday night product. Yes, but and I'm I'm gonna, gosh, and this is this is I feel like where streaming services versus because we're talking about you know network TV versus streaming, and I, I feel like we've really jumped jumped into into a different era uh with that because yeah did i love nxt for that hour on the network absolutely but at the same time did i watch it eight o'clock on wednesday no no i didn't watch it i mean sometimes yeah if it was something exciting that i really wanted to see that had been built up for a long time yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. the climax of a of a of a feud that had been building for three or four weeks absolutely i did but you know general humdrum whatever did i always watch no no i would watch it on Thursday, like at four o'clock while I was cooking dinner, or I would watch it, you know, Saturday morning or or something like that. Cause it's not like I was going to miss anything between Wednesday and Saturday or whatever. Exactly. And, and you've already got established routines for your television watching time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it you know, so if, if I watched it on Saturday morning and had a great time, like that, that was my. That was that. That is to this day, and was always one of my favorite things to do, is get up on Saturday morning, not have shit to do, chill out on my couch in my living room, and just watch some wrestling for a little bit. And uh, it's a good time. And it, it really you drink some coffee, watch some wrestling. The kids come in, watch some wrestling, and and it's it's great. Yeah. But you know, I, I mean, I'm not doing WWE any favors by by doing by not watching NXT on a Wednesday. Clearly, like the, the fact that I watched it eventually before the next episode, 
doesn't yeah, it doesn't mean, count. Yeah, it but doesn't you're, count. You're not going to gonna sit here and you're not going to tell me that there's not a metric for streaming these days, right? So, like, you know, we come in here and we talk about ratings an awful lot. And, you know, and, and, and Tom, you always say that, that it's you get the rating for the week before. But, you know, upon a little bit of, a little bit of investigation this week, because I knew I was going to have this conversation, that's not the case in, the, in, in 2021, right? So now you're actually get, garnering your rating for that day. But there's also a plus three rating, a plus five, and a plus seven. So that's yeah. if you if it's to be consumed on any DVR, any streaming mm-hmm. platform, or um, you know anything like that. So like Hulu, you know the network, um, Peacock, all that stuff, right? Um, or any on-demand stuff like on your AT and T app, if if or your Comcast, you know whatever, whatever. So there's a metric for that now, and but that shit's never included, right? So they want the live, they want the the live number, which to me makes zero sense because we live in a different time than we did in the nineties during the attitude era, whenever, you know, seven and 8 million people were sitting down every Monday night to watch wrestling for whatever respective brand they, they decided to watch on that, on that given day. Because if you missed it, you missed it. There wasn't a replay. I mean, if there was a replay, it was two in the morning, like four days later and it it was, you missed it. And like, and I I know for, I know for us, like, I mean, I went to school the next day and talked to my friends about it. You know, if I saw you, I talked to you about it. Like, if we yeah. were like, if we had a soccer game, we'd be like, did you watch Raw the other day? Fuck yeah, I did. Did you see the Undertaker come out? He almost crucified Stoke. Holy shit, right? You know, and that was, that was the thing. Like, it was, it, it was like you talked to your friends about it. Um, shit, there were times like I would, wa- I would be watching it when AOL Instant Messenger first came out. <laughs> like, I would like. I would like drag. I, I had a really long. I I went to Radio Shack and bought a really long phone wire because I my mom had a laptop for work that had a modem built into it, and I would plug it into our our little modem, and I would plug the the plug the phone line into the into the little laptop, and I would sit there and chat with chat with my friends on AOL Instant Messenger about about. That's how I learned how to type. Truth be told, <laughs> chatting about wrestling on AOL Instant Messenger with my friends while I was whatever the, the original grade. one, Paul Wrestlecast. Yes, yeah. it was the original, exactly. Um, and you know, so that that that's the uh, that's the long and short of it, right? So, like, we had, but you had to because if you didn't watch it, your friends were going to talk about it the next day, and you saw. But now it's like I'm a 35 year old man. Like, I, I yeah, do I see my friends? Yeah, sure. Do all of them watch wrestling? No. Uh, you know, I talk to you guys, um, but like we we are kind enough to ask each other, "Hey, have you watched this yet?" Okay, I won't spoil it, and that's yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so that's the that's the kind of. Uh, and I have a guy at my beer store who we talk wrestling while I buy beer. Um, cheers to him! But uh, you know, it's it's just not the same, right? Yeah. Like it's it's not the same. It's a whole different environment, and uh, you know. Also, I know you guys were bringing up starting another company eventually guys there's gonna be too too thin of talent we're gonna be stretching ourselves way too thin WWE's gonna drive themselves right out of business pal Mm -hmm. there's gonna be maybe but that's a lot of money that's a lot Uh, of public money hey you know public companies fail every day pal all right now and could happen could happen 
I mean, you're talking about a public company that is built on the premise of episodic television. And when episodic television is shit, people stop watching. Yep. There's no good reason to watch Raw. Like, I, I looked at the card of what's on Raw tonight. It's more of the same. Like, I'm interested in what Randy, like, Randy's going to fight almost, which is not going to be a good match, but there'll be a good storyline wow. around it because I'm sure, I'm sure Riddle will be out involved in it and AJ will be involved in it. Um, and, and that sounds all, terrible. If I was on the fence about watching it, that would be a hard, I mean, no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't force me to watch. I might watch that clip on YouTube. Uh, cause they do their YouTube editors are fantastic. I don't know if you know this, their, their YouTube editors are the best in the business. They actually have the uh, biggest sports channel on YouTube because, um, it's like eight, it's got like, it's got it's like, like 80, 80, million, 80 million, I think yeah, is the 80 number. million subscribers or something. It's 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 insanity because you know they're not they're not coming close to five million views, but there's eighty million viewers on YouTube. Eighty million people have that in their YouTube feeds. Yep. It's insanity. However, our our page is not one of those subscribers. It's not. Nope. I'm not. Oh, okay. Well, maybe WWE should subscribe to us first. Yeah, well, that'd be, they should. That'd be slow. Follow for follow, pal. Yeah, that's how that works. So, um, I don't know, man, it, let, let's put a bow on this NXT shit, but like, I, I think that with everything, everything going on, I, the only people that are losing here is wrestling fans. Right. I and, feel like I lost so hard and politics, you know, business politics, uh, coming between the fans and a fan product. Um, I think it's a bunch sure. of bullshit. Yep. I, I, but I really do. we know that Triple H has been in the doghouse before, boys, and he worked his way out. And I can see I, it happening again. I, I wouldn't doubt him. I still do think that he's going to end up with WWE, and I think all those people are going to get fired. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be all right. So uh, I, I want to go ahead, and I'm just going to let's let's climb into this. You want to talk about fan experience, okay? Let's talk about Wednesday night and Dynamite. Okay, obviously, Ooh. we went to to the Dynamite show um, here in Pittsburgh. Um, man, what a great show. Dude, I marked was, the fuck out. It was a really <laughs> good time. I don't know that. So I think well, one of the things I said to you was AEW really needs to uh, convey on TV how much fun it actually is to be there. Um because I mean, I'm gonna be honest, content wise, like it was good. Like, there's a lot yeah. of content because they yeah. give you all the YouTube stuff too. And like Justin Roberts, man, I mean, I don't know, say what you want about his ability to be a ring announcer. Sometimes it's annoying. Yeah. As far, I mean, as, as, far as being the ring leader of like, I haven't, I've been to plenty of wrestling shows, I've never seen an announcer do what he did. Like, I mean, he spent at least 15 minutes in the ring, you know, just like reading signs and like hyping people up. I mean, hell, we sang happy birthday to a little five-year-old girl. Right. Then that's did. all because of Justin Roberts, man. Yeah, and I mean, he kept the crowd engaged during commercial breaks, during segment breaks, you know, before, you know, between their tapings for the YouTube stuff and their and, and Dynamite going live and – you know, I mean, you want to talk about it. I mean, you know, he, he's a ring announcer, but the man was a ring leader. Like yeah, he really, 100%. like he really controlled the flow of the show. 
the countdowns. Obviously, if crowds love countdowns, yeah. right? Three, two, like people love that stuff. And he really just like controlled the show. And it was one of the most organized from a fan perspective, one of the most organized and just satisfying. That to me is if somebody who's very OCD about stuff. That to me was very satisfying to watch. It's like I felt like it was properly segmented and then everything felt controlled and then everything was in very like good hands. Like it was yeah. all being run very smoothly and it, and it went it went really smoothly. It was a smooth show. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I really, I don't know that that comes off on TV as, as well as it, as it does in, in, in person, because in person it's, it's the most organized and smooth uh, and sort of enjoyable, it, it, smooth and enjoyable in, in a way that it, WWE live shows are not. Um, they're, I don't want to say they're disjointed, they're not, but it's sort of a surprise. You have no idea what's happening, Right. And like that probably worked back in the day when like, oh my god, when Stone Cold come out came out and everybody was shocked as hell, like, like it was that, that shocking pop, right? But like for you know for a show that's sort of a standard, I don't call it humdrum, but you know your standard Wednesday night or Monday night or whatever fair where it's like you know well next is the this match between you know Darby Allen and this guy that you've seen three times. Um, you know, yeah, it, yeah. They kept, I, they kept and, the flow going, and that's like always kind of been, you know, yours and mine's criticism, right? It's like you you start really, really high, and then you just you you fall into this lull, and sometimes you come out of it, and sometimes you don't. And I think being there live and you know live, I, I felt that right, like you felt that lull, and it's like, you know, Darby definitely had one of the biggest crowd pops of the night. But the match in the ring was just like, eh. I mean, I was excited to see Sting in person. I'd never seen Sting in person. Right, me neither, actually. You know, so yeah, like, yeah. get a chance to see Sting, you know, live. And the fact in that person. he got a little physical after the, f- yeah. after the match was great. Yeah, it was big a, pop for that. Just, you know, it was icing on the cake. Derek, yeah. like, you know, I, I know that you're you're very high on the AEW product and you look like Marcosaurus Rex up there. Um, you know, and, and let's not. Hear him. Let's not forget that that Derek, all right, spent like six million dollars on 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 gimmicks at the show. Tom I and I both, all the stuff. Tom and I both showed out fifteen bucks for the Britt Baker terrible towel, and like I showed somebody the the segment, the Britt Baker segment, because uh, who's a uh, a listener of the show at work, and he was like, "Oh, that's really cool. They gave out those towels." I was like, "No, bro, no, we bought like, those. <laughs> they we we bought those towels. He was those like, are fifteen dollars." He was like, "Really." He's like, man, everybody bought one. I said that yeah. was the most genius marketing strategy in, in professional wrestling. They history. made a million dollars in towels. Yep. Definitely. Easily. Everybody had they, them. They, 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 they sold us a million dollars in towels, probably between, yes. between Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. They sold a million dollars in towels. So, like, Derek, like, you know, the AEW is your shit, pal. Like, what did you think the fan experience was like at, at Dynamite? Honestly, I. I got way more than I expected. It was a much more intimate experience than I expected. Um, Cause you're right there. Like it, it felt like you're right on top of everything that's going on, you know? And uh, the, the heat from the fireworks, the pyro, everything, the, the, the crowd. I think that was the best part of it. It's just the, I don't want to say that there's like a 
brotherly love type thing going on, but it's you're all there for one purpose. And for that few hours that you're all there, you know, it's everybody here's a wrestling fan. It's cool. Well, you're gonna get some pops out of people. You can yell funny shit if you want to. And we did. Ever we did rules. <laughs> the he's a lobster thing was fantastic. It did yeah, not make it to TV. Lobster. Yeah. So I haven't watched the show back yet on TV. I did I watch think, a couple no. of segments back. Oh uh, man, I, I watched did, it twice. <laughs> I watched it. I watched it's a couple. Of, there. I watched I it. I watched a couple of segments back. Just be like specifically like when Britt Baker was in the ring cutting her little promo. My yeah. God, did we did we as a crowd come through? That, I, like we I, I was going to say, I I that. watched that because I have no idea what she said. Yeah, we were just <laughs> we, were, we were just full on Mark mode, pal. It like, was so loud in that building. I have no idea what she said. I had to watch it to understand what was going on. And, like and, I, and it it translated as a crowd. It translated. Yeah, it that you know? roar was incredible. Like Tony, they were yelling. Like Tony and Britt were like they had to yell to like. And they they were mic'd up like they had a mic, <laughs> like they had to yell. Uh, no, so that was that that was uh, that was exciting. And they t- you know obviously we all bought the towel, um, but no, they they played that perfectly because she she still healed it up, but like she didn't heal it up to Pittsburgh. Like obviously it was like well Pittsburgh gets it, but you know I'm still the bad guy and blah blah. Yeah. blah. Yeah. But because mm-hmm. we were like. No, this is our hometown hero, and you know she could stab a guy in front of us, but as long as that guy wasn't from Pittsburgh, it's fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and it was really fun to like watch the like. You know, she was still healing it up, but like it was in such like a baby face way. You know, what I'm saying like she kept her she kept her heat elsewhere, but like you can't help but respect what Doctor Britt has done and has accomplished in the last year. And I know that you know the episode that Derek fell, face planted on his couch and fell asleep, and Tom and I you know, gushed over Dr. Britt for an hour and 40 minutes. Um, you know, we, we covered a lot of this, but she's really coming to her own as a performer in the ring, as well mm-hmm. as like her verbal skills. And to, to bring that total package to her hometown across two nights, three, if you count Sunday Sunday at Steel City Con, uh, yeah. which I heard her line was just wrapped around the convention center. Yeah. Um, we were going to take the family up, but we ended up going to the amusement park instead. You just um, stood in line for the whole day. I, I would have a hundred percent. The amusement park. You stood in, you stood in less line in the amusement park. Yes, that's um, true. Yeah. You know, but, uh, the thing that I took away from, from the whole thing and, you know, is, and, and I, I say this cause you know, we, we vlogged the trip. So if yeah. you guys want to go check out our experience, uh, our AEW experience, please head on over to the YouTube channel and uh, take a look at the AEW dynamite it's up there. Um, video. Yeah, it's there. For sure. Um, and, you know, and, and I think it kind of captured our night fairly well. It did. Um, you know, we had a really, really good time and um, you know, and, and I say this in the video as somebody that is fairly critical of the AEW product, um, I had a blast. And the thing it, that I, I think can't go understated, we had this conversation as we were we were coming through the tunnel. Um, we were talking about the arena. And, um, you know, we, we were talking about how when WWE comes to Pittsburgh, they go to PPG Paints. And AEW comes to Pittsburgh, and they're going to the Peterson Event Center. And how, like, things are different. And, you know, and we were talking, and I had made the comment in the car that, you know, some comedians and, and some some bands like to play smaller venues because it gives a more intimate feel to the show. And and I really feel like that's what AEW is trying to do. And 
the fact that they jammed all of us into the Peterson Event Center from floor to ceiling, um, you know, and, and to just be right there. Because, I mean, we had great seats. And we, we were we were so we would have been where the hard cam would be. It was weird that they had where the hard cam was flipped. But like that's like we were staring at the hard cam. It was on the other side and exactly where we were sitting. We had we we could have been sitting where on Mark Madden's lap and we wouldn't have had like that's not a better seat. No. Like we were elevated a bit and we we saw everything. Like and- there was we could not – you couldn't miss a thing. It was like we were watching on TV, but in the arena, yes. we had that good of seats. And yeah. like you said, we didn't have to listen to Excalibur, which was a plus. We did not have to listen to Excalibur, which was To be good. honest, there, there was a couple spots while we were actually there that I was like, ooh, that didn't look very good. But then whenever you watch it back on television, it's like, oh, the way they cut that, that's not that bad. Yeah. So mm-hmm. our seats were you know, almost like a – scouting position yeah, yeah, to where like yeah. i can just judge the shit out of you yeah we could like mm-hmm. totally see like like there was a i mean it's it, it's gonna be on dark or whatever but like sammy botched something incredibly and he was just like wait and he did it again yeah. it was like <laughs> and it was like that's gonna get edited out but we saw it mm-hmm. live <laughs> yep. you know and, and uh to to kind of close this out you know uh if if i have any any input or suggestions for Tony Khan and the folks at AEW don't change a fucking thing with how you present your in your in arena product. No. Um, because man, what a great, great experience um, from a fan perspective. The experience it, is 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 Ty Dillinger style. And that's another thing. Let's not forget that we, we did hit Sean Spears with the 10 chant. We did. It was great. <laughs> yeah. So I loved it. Uh, and he sold it too, which was even better. And that was on it the is. dark. I think that was on a dark t- taping. Um, when we but, chanted "You're a lobster" to the butcher too, he laughed about it and had to walk away. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we, dude, he knew. He knew. Dude, we, started, I, he, oh. we were talking about it while we were there. He was like, he was like, "Is it really noticeable, guys?" And they were like, "Yeah." Like yeah. he was like, look like my mouth. <laughs> yes, like yes. he was that color. <laughs> he was that color exactly. That poor man uh, had to be in some pain because oh it looked God. rough. He wasn't in pain yet. He'll be in pain. He was right. in pain. <laughs> he was in pain on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> he was freshly roasted. Yes, Whew. yes, he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> but listen, so if you're you're into that and you guys follow us on the YouTube, slide on over there. Check out the 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 vlog. Man, we had a great time. Um, You know, and and make sure that you hit that like button. You leave us a little comment. And if you're into it, throw us a subscribe. Because I I, I got to feel that Delta variant be damned. I think the three of us are going to try to take in some more wrestling as it comes available to us. I'm Uh, vaccinated. So I am too. So, you know, Uh, we're vaccinated. So, you know, y'all plague spreaders can just fucking sit at home. We'll we'll go in. Me and my CDC card are going to some live shows, bitch. Look, right. if we're if we can sit where we sat because I have a vax card, like sit me there. Here's my card. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, my card. It, it definitely top notch fan experience. Shit, so. give me a booster on the way in if you're if you're if you're so inclined, <laughs> right? Get, except Tom. Card. Except Tom did lose his knife. I did. Fuck. Okay. Yeah, tell story that lady. Yeah, you knife. gotta tell the story. All right. So I have I have a little bottle opener slash like it's the knife is literally this this big. On my, it just sits on my keys because I always have my keys on me. And God, I have kids, and I something always needs to be open. And rather than 
I like to just go, and it's done, right? That's it. That's it. This knife, I, you could stab you. I, you could stab me with this knife. It probably wouldn't hurt. Um, it's like a paper much. cut. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a paper cut knife. And um, so it's uh, so I have it. I just have it on my keys all the time. I didn't didn't even think about it. I drove to the event. I bought the nice one too. Like I had the one that was brass. It was just starting to patina a little uh, bit. Patina, patina, patina. Yeah, patina, patina. It was just starting to patina a little bit. And I walked in, and the the very nice lady security guard said, "Wait, what's that?" And I was like, "Oh no, you're not gonna take that." Yep. It's like ah. So I showed her. I'm like, "It's only this big," and she's like, "Nope, doesn't matter. Give me." So she took it, and I said, "If I see you again on my way out, can I have this back?" And she says, "Yeah, if." Like it was a real like, "You're gonna have to catch catch me if you can." Um, I I didn't see her. So I lost my, it wasn't super, it wasn't expensive. I want to say it was like 17 bucks, but wah, still, wah, wah. still it had, yes, like, uh, it had like six months of patina on it. And like, uh, I'm so disappointed. And my keys are so much lighter now than they were. I'm just gonna have to buy another one, but uh, so disappointed. Oh, well. They should have so, you know, given me a beer, a voucher for beer, right? Like I'm going to take yeah. your knife, but here's a voucher for a beer. So oh, that'd so have been if, nice, right? If, if you head on over and you watch the the video, you'll see that I I included a little something something for Tom, and that was a little little one winged angel action. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I, that was just for you, pal. Yeah, sure. Was. Um, still the dumbest so, move. I saw it live. It's still dumb. So listen, so listen. If if I had the audio on for that in the video, you could clearly hear Tom go. It's a dumb move. <laughs> it is a dumb move. <laughs> it's dumb. look nobody's gonna let you get up there like that's just not i'm not even gonna get into it christian cage got out of it though yeah well so did uh what's this nuts from andrade? yeah uh, well andrade didn't get put in the one well he he almost did almost so let's did. talk about let's talk about triple a or triple mania you want to talk about triple mania real quick did you guys mm -hmm. happen to catch the main event mm-hmm kenny omega versus el andrade el Idolo. the end anyway <laughs> listen listen so we talked about this a little bit before we came in right i am not disappointed with how i spent my 34 minutes and 32 seconds um I thought overall, man, that Andrade and uh, and Kenny Omega put on a hell of a match. I, I really did. Um, but it's been reported that Triple A wanted to change the title, and Tony Khan said, "No, sir, not today." Um, well, of course, they want to change the title on AEW television. Well, yeah, yeah. but. So this just kind of lends itself to to what Tom and I have been talking about for the last I don't know year that Kenny Omega is the most protected wrestler in the business today. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, John Cena tried to say it was Roman Reigns on Friday night. We'll get into that in a second too, but it's definitely Kenny Omega because my man should have lost the belt, should have lost the belt, and um, got a couple surprises with Triple Mania. The the living legend himself, Ric Flair, showed up. I popped me hard. I'm not yeah. gonna. So I, I watched mean, that. I didn't watch that because I gave a shit about Kenny Omega or Andrade really at this point because 
I really think they flubbed his AEW debut. But, but, Ric Flair went out there, threw some chops. They were okay. They weren't they weren't prime Ric Flair chops. But Andrade was throwing chops too, and then uh, threw a punch. Ric Flair's punch. I'm gonna be honest. Ric Flair's punch looked better than a lot of those punches I saw on AEW Dynamite on that Wednesday that we went and saw live. But I'm, I mean, I was in the scouting position, so I can't say. That like maybe maybe my seats were better than this guy recording on his cell phone at Triple Mania, um, mm-hmm. although it was real good. Um, anyway, so and then and then Ric Flair put that dude into the figure four. Are you kidding me? Like, look, I fucking love Ric Flair. Love him so much. I've met him like twice, and I waited in line both times to meet him. And both times it was like, man, I hate lines, but man, I fucking love Ric Flair. And <laughs> I just can't, I, I, the fact that the man can still do it because he hasn't been allowed to do it for however long he's just had that WWE exclusive contract. Um, man, so good. I'm, uh, I, I popped so hard and it's like, I don't want to see him do it every week because it wasn't like, like it was clearly just old man getting a pop, but it's, it, it, it worked for me. Listen, I'd be okay if Ric Flair was just a mouthpiece, but like sure. my man, my man walked in there, got his little his own entrance music, like you know, did his little strut. He took away from what the main event was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Andrade versus versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, you know, okay. and we want to we want to talk about something like you know with El with uh, Andrade, you know, in AEW flubbing his debut. Man, I'm gonna tell you what, Triple A shot. Andrade's new entrance so much better than AEW, like uh, they they definitely had had his best interest in mind for that, right? Well, he's but the like, star. They yeah. bought people bought that, like people who don't speak English bought that to watch Andrade, right? But you know, Rick come out, you know, and he had his own entrance, and you know, and then Andrade's walking to the ring to Ric Flair's music, and you know, Ric Flair strutting and doing his thing and being Rick, right? It's like, man, like this is cool, but you took away from from what the attraction of this match was. And a lot of people will say, well, that's not what Rick was trying to do. That's absolutely what Rick was trying to do. I mean, that's 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 Rick's thing, right? Yeah, he's here for Rick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? He would steal the spotlight from his own children. And he did. He does. He has. He does. He has. And he did it again on, you know, at, at Triple Mania. And it's just wild to me. Andrade is not his stepson yet. Yeah, well, they're close. And, oh, yeah, um, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just wasn't into that. And then, like, you know, it was cool, like you said, the, the chops, the chop spot, and then putting Conan in the in the figure four, which he botched, by the way. I don't know if anybody missed that. He he missed the leg hook on the first go around. Um, but that's neither here nor there. He's 70 plus years old and can't barely walk. But he hasn't been allowed to put anybody in a figure four and 15 years that's Listen, true and the thing is dude i'm not going to sit here and i'm not going to discount what rick flair has meant to the business and and or still means to the business oh God, i mean so much rick flair is one of the greatest of all time you know he, what i'm saying he probably is like can we just can... Uh, he's one of mm. okay so let's just calm down mm, okay okay he's one of all right okay like Listen, man, we, I mean, we don't need to get into this, okay? Because okay. you got to remember that Rick. I feel like this the, is a whole other episode. Rick played for the other team when he was at his most relevant in his career. 
And Rick was if you didn't live in the South, if you didn't live in the South, you didn't really know too too much about. Well, Rick Rick played Rick Rick played for the NWA when he was at his absolute. I was going to say the NWA years was. That was he had the good hair. Oh, he had the best hair. Oh my god! Not that his hair was particularly bad ever, but man, NWA hair, Ric Flair, Ric Flair, seventies, late seventies. I didn't watch that till I was till like the. I had a, I had a DVD of the NWA like Ric Flair stuff in in like the the early two thousands like two thousand two thousand one. My dad was like, "You're gonna like this." Oh. <laughs> oh my god! Like, shout out to my father. By the way, uh, my dad is literally like he. You couldn't you wouldn't meet Dave Velto and be like, "Oh man, you're the nerdiest dude." But like, he raised the nerdiest kid. That like you would ever meet, like me, obviously. Like, yeah. I mean, none of you could see everything that's going on in this room, but like, my dad indulged my nerdiness to like no extent, probably because he liked it too. He watched it with me. Um, but uh, shout out, shout shouts to my dad for for that kind of stuff because that's the first time I saw high flying, whoo, wheeling, dealing. Like that's God, man, so good. So that that that's why that's near and dear to my heart because like. My dad and I watched that together. Like, just, just. There's in. no listen. I know I tweaked your little Ric Flair nerve, pal. You okay? did. You tweaked and, it. And, and it's a little tweak. You can see that it, it's but shining like, through. And I'm not trying to detract from what Rick has meant to this business. Okay, I'm not because You're he trying means, to detract from what he means to me. Well, I'm he, he means a lot to the to the professional wrestling business as a whole, and he's going to well past his death. Right, Rick is a yeah. legend. Don't kill Rick, please. Okay, he will always be a legend. Roddy's not in hell. But, 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 but Rick has always been about number one. Oh, for and sure. He does, and it doesn't matter who, where, what, when, or why he has flubbed up. Rick is about Rick fucking Flair. Okay. And the fact that. He couldn't have just played his role and came out to the ring with Andrade after Andrade took his his tuxedo and his mask off, right? Couldn't have just popped out and then walked to the ring and just, woo, did his thing, right? We didn't get that. We got a spotlight steal. And quite honestly, we got a spotlight steal on a match that was pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched the last eight or so minutes, and it was. I generally don't try to subject my subject myself to thirty three minutes of Kenny Omega match, regardless of who who it's against. Um, but it seemed like they uh, they they put on they put on a banger, and uh, it was actually very very well very 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 well put together. And Meltzer kind of will will shit all over this, and that's because him and Andrade have some personal things going on. He already Charlie did, actually. I, I saw Andrade tweeted that uh, something about Meltzer giving it not like three, three and a half stars or something. Actually, Meltzer just literally five minutes ago just replied to Andrade's tweet, um, which I thought was really, really funny. But, uh, you know, it's neither here nor there, man. I, I feel like the the match was good, but it was overshadowed by Ric Flair. 
I mean, I Ric Flair got a pop for me because I saw the I saw his entrance. I was excited to see him. I saw the end of it, and I was excited to see all that. And it just to me feels like in my head. So I go to like I've said that the Andrade like reveal and and sort of all that stuff was kind of botched in AEW. But man, could you imagine if Ric Flair was his mouthpiece? He's gonna like, be. Oh, I can't wait. Oh my god. Like that's my like, like that- Chavo needs to go bye bye. Oh bye Chavo. Go away. Sorry, Chavo. Um, although I'll be I'll be honest. So when we were at Dynamite, and I think we said this a few times, like how many fucking people are out there? Like, this is the most people I've seen outside of a wrestling ring it where it's not a lumberjack match or a like Royal Rumble. Like, what's going why are there why are there so why why is the entrance why are there so many people? Like this is it was it's even There's more so than many paydays. Day. Yeah, that everybody's was gonna the, get paid. That was that was whenever we hit the blade with the you're a lobster. Right, there were like thirteen people outside That's of the ring. Hundred percent. There were so many like mo- like money Matt like that uh, like the the money the Matt Hardy brand. And he brought like thirteen people out with like that was like a like a like a three on three tag match, and there were also like eight nine three. people on the outside of the ring. It was so much. It was like, what is happening right now? And they really didn't even get involved, right? And then yeah. they all went back, and like the bunny came out again. And, like there was more people. It was like, what is fucking happening right now? Um, it was just so many people. There was a lot like, of people out. There. They really got to chill. They they got to dial that back a little bit. There's just. There's just too many people outside of the ring. It's like I get that maybe they all want to walk out and watch their friends and like hang out ringside, but good lord, like it's it's a little distracting if I'm being it's honest. It's too much. It's so, if I have any criticism of of that as a live show, it, there's just too much going on outside of the ring. And not even that anything's going on. There's just too many people. It just right, yeah. There there wasn't a lot of distractions or anything like that. It wasn't like it was no, and th- yeah, right. And that was the thing is there weren't that they, they, they did they played no fa- no factor in the match. Like none of them mm-hmm. needed to be there. Mm-hmm. None of them needed to be there. But it was there were like nine people out there. So I, I'm I'm anxious to hear Derek's opinion on this. All right, Derek, uh, what is your opinion on Tony Khan putting the Knicks on Kenny Omega dropping the title to Andrade at Triple Mania? I mean, I guess it all just depends on what the end game here is, boys. I mean, if he's got some sort of elaborate plan that for whatever reason, all these belts are going to play a factor in such and such angle that's coming up, then you've got a legitimate reason. Well, there's not all these belts anymore, pal. Well, I know he did lose two, uh, you know, on Rampage, which was a great match. It was awesome. I'm pretty sure if Brandon Cutler would have been there to heal him, though, he would have pulled through. Brandon that Cutler was the got the second lar- Brandon Cutler got the second largest pop of the night in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Brandon just, Cutler, just just, just, just throwing that out there. He did. But um, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. He's the one paying Kenny's salary. He's the one paying him the big bucks, whatever those big bucks are. I don't know. Um, All right, so I have, a, I have a thought on this, and this is. Sort of, I can't believe it. I'm gonna agree with Derek a little bit on this. Um, so that hurt a little bit, but Derek, I'm gonna kind of agree. <laughs> I do think that um, the intent is for Kenny to drop that just like he dropped the impact title. Uh, I think that the intent is for Kenny to drop that on AEW television, not on AAA. 
Like, if he's going to drop it to Andrade, it's fine. Andrade can go back to Mexico and he can totally, like, like defend it and, and be yeah. the champ and whatever. Yep. And I think I think that's still going to happen. I think he's totally going to drop it to Andrade. But he's not going to drop it to Andrade on a non-AEW program. He's just not. Right. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the long and short of it. And whatever belts Kenny collects, you know, ever, I don't think that he's going to drop them on non- he may collect them on non AEW programming, but he will not drop them on non AEW programming. And truthfully, if you're Tony Khan, that's just smart business. Um, I'm not going to disagree. And I'm sure that was outlined whenever they made all their agreements. I'm sure it was just like a, Hey, would you mind if we kind of tweaked this? And he says, no, no, I would definitely mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, you can put him in a figure four after the fact, but He's still going to retain. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. So, Honestly, guys, all this talk about this is I'm going to have to go check out the Triple Mania event. Yeah, listen, uh, I guess um, the Lucha Bros retained on night two, um, I guess, yeah, I retained the Triple A Tag Championships, which is good for them because, I mean, they've only had them for like 10 years. But no, no, no. I never see those on AEW. They dropped them to the Bucks for a hot minute, and then they, they dropped them back. But, well, they uh, should come out with them on TV. Never, it's but, never happened. Derek, really, I'm surprised you didn't sit down and watch this match. I mean, if you can get past the, uh, you know, the the Spanish announcing, which took Derek, a little you while. Speak Spanish, fluently. Yeah, I'm a little rusty. Gato in Milos pantalones. <laughs> what about pants? Anyway. What do we got? What else we got? It's it's we're getting there. Let's wrap we it up. We are getting here. there. So one thing I want to touch on. Um, You've touched we, on we lots kinda, of things, Walt. We kind of talked about. Hey, you know, touch and go, pal. Hey, we kind of talked about SmackDown a little bit. And for me, the the high point was, was the John Cena Roman Reigns segment. Um, was how good. good? How good was that John Cena promo? Like that was exactly what I think WWE TV needed. It said he's he said he ran. Uh, Dean Ambrose at WWE. <laughs> yeah, he did. Said he almost. I mean, he said he ruined Seth Rollins' career and ran Dean Ambrose that right out of WWE. And then he hit him with the "I'm gonna, I'm gonna pin you, I'm gonna take your belt, I'm gonna jump the barricade, and I'm gonna run out of Allegiant Stadium as fast as I can, and I might even blow you a kiss on the way out." Yeah, throwing a little reference towards when CM Punk beat him. Um. Man, like what a what a great segment, and that it's amazing because you know we were kind of talking about this a little bit because Roman Reigns had made a comment earlier in the week that, man, I haven't had a script since I came back, and and Tom made the comment. It's amazing what happens whenever you give talent a little bit of direction and say go out there and get over. We get good shit like John Cena and Roman Reigns. Well, funny how that get, works, isn't when it? You give good talent the ability to get over it works great when you give bad talent it goes real bad it's it's really a double-edged sword um it really is and i'm real glad that that they've given roman and obviously you know he's with john now and i I feel like edge probably doesn't really have a script either probably not Uh, rollins maybe has some some bullet points uh but that's that's probably the extent for those tippy top guys and, um, you know, I, it's those are the guys to watch, though. And Randy Orton yeah. probably doesn't have a script either. 
at this point just because they probably hand him one and he goes, yeah, go fuck yourself because um, he's Randy Orton. And that's how I would expect him to react to that. Uh, but, no, totally. Uh, I mean, Roman gets over and John Cena's clearly over. Uh, honestly, he might be John Cena might be more over now than he was when he was a full time wrestler. And Bro, he wrong? had that Tulsa, Oklahoma crowd in the palm of his. And, yeah, hand. am I wrong? Would they not have booed him ten years ago? Yes, five years ago. So, what are the Three odds you boys ago. think we see uh, number seventeen? At I don't think it's going to happen. Gonna... I don't think it's going to no. happen. But I, I also the way that they're building the match. Um, I wouldn't put it outside of the realm of possibility either because when he looked Roman Reigns dead in the eyes and he said, Roman, whether you like it or not, you need me. He meant that. And I do do think that I'm sad that there wasn't more Finn Balor on Friday. Am I the only one who brings that up? His time's coming, pal. I'm just saying I'm sad there wasn't more Finn Balor. I really... I really thought they were going to insert him, but maybe they'll still insert him this Friday. I'm glad uh, that they didn't, though, into this SummerSlam match. I, I'm I'm being honest with you. I'm glad that they didn't. I mean, storyline-wise, like, what the fuck was this, like, Baron Corbin? I, I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, I, I love don't. the Baron Corbin segments. They just get better every week as his hair gets longer and more terrible. <laughs> yeah, he just... <laughs> I mean, it is, but... You know, oh man, him like, and Kevin it, Owens it, this week was, was good He's stuff. one of those guys that like, man, I don't know how they got over like watching human suffering, but they did. Like watching him suffer is is, is over, uh, right? Yes, like how did they go? I think it's just because he's been such a shit bag of a heel for the last <laughs> so many years that he's people are just like, heat. yeah, you he's know, and like heat for so long. I follow like, him on I, I follow him on Instagram and like. He does a lot of like barbecuing and like smoking, you know, meat smoking. Yeah. And and he's into it. Right. And and, like he will turn anything that he posts onto Instagram into an instant promo. Somebody be like, you suck. And he'll be like, you know what? That's your opinion. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he is very active on Instagram and it's a lot of fun to watch. I feel like he's one of those guys that's just like, Man, we're gonna look back and be like, "Well, Baron, he's gonna be like, um, he's he's gonna be like uh, like Rick Rude." We're gonna look back and be like, "Well, well, Rick, he, he he never won a title, really. Like he he was the United States champion, but like nobody gives a shit about that." Right. Um, and we're gonna look back and be like, "Man, how fucking good was Baron Corbin?" And it was it's gonna be like one of those things, almost like Mister Perfect too, where it's oh. like he never wins a title, but everybody wants to work with him. Because one, you can work with him every single night. You're never hurt. He never hurts anybody. Nope. The man takes care of everybody. His shit looks good. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like super varied or whatever. He doesn't have to go long, but like he comes out, he cuts a promo, he gets the reaction. Like he gets like he gets baby faces over. Like no baby face is more over than when they're like killing Baron Corbin. Yep. And nobody gets bigger booze than when Baron Corbin has a big comeback and maybe gets a win. You know, he what does I mean? his job. He he really he is the epitome of the guy that does his job and he doesn't hurt anybody in the process. And so. and speaking of Baron Corbin, I found this real interesting. <clears throat> he had uh, been quoted as saying, you know, that something along the lines of, you know, he talked to the Undertaker, right? And uh, the Undertaker said, "Hey man, don't ever let anybody kick out of your finishing move. Like that's your shit. 
And like, if you're going to lose a match on like on a false finish, never let it be your finishing move. So, you know, when, when, you know, you know, when he hits that end of days, it's over, man, nobody's kicking out of that shit. And, and I like that old school mentality on that part. Of that's, it. that's why he has two. They can kick out of the deep six. Yep. And the deep six is, it's maybe the more impressive move. It, it's, it's crispy. It's, it's real crispy. It's real good. They can kick Fair. out of that. Baron Corbin is a definite underrated talent. For sure. All right, guys. Match of the week. Oh, I have to go first. Shit. Okay. Thomas. Shit. It's um, all you, buddy. Tom is Jericho. Actually, I'm going to go with because we were there. Uh, Jericho versus Wardlow. Sorry, everybody. Um, it was actually the, a pretty good match, man. It was. It was what I really hoped it would be. Because like so, there was two things for me that really solidified the match. One, um, beforehand, MJF says to Wardlow, "Yeah, like you took out Cody in the cage, right? Just fucking <laughs> shitty about it. Deep cut, right? deep cut. Just fucking shitty about it." And then at the end, like you know, obviously all the, there's uh, Jericho did not have that match won, right? Like Wardlow destroyed him. There were like seven power bombs. Jericho yeah. took like stiff. Um, and Wardlow controlled the whole match. It was a squash, but like Wardlow just kept beating the tar out of him. Uh, but then Jericho gets a bat and gives him the good the bat shot. Um, AEW does a little bit uh, more more solid headshots than WWE, but not not crazy. It wasn't it wasn't quite a like bang. No, but, it was very Triple H with a sledgehammer looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh but yeah, it, yeah. It, it, but it worked, and it, you know it yeah. knocked him. It knocked him goofy. And he got one, two, three. Wardlow, to, to be fair to Wardlow, Wardlow popped up shortly after that. Like, it didn't hurt him bad enough to, like, oh my God, I need to go to the hospital. But it hurt him, like, to the extent of, like, yeah, he could pin me for three. Um, so, yeah, no, that was my match of the week. I just felt like it really worked on a lot of levels, uh, mostly because Jericho got to lay there a lot. Like, Wardlow just beat the tar out of him and Jericho got to lay around. Like, um, yeah. Wardlow looks, I mean, God, the guy is a fucking monster. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the next Dave Batista. Seeing him in person, bro. Whew. He's big he, boy. He's the next Dave Batista. I've seen I, I've seen Batista not in person, like face to face, but like in a show. Like I've been to shows that Dave Batista has been to. And um, yeah, no, he he's the next Batista. And uh yeah, it was it was a good match and uh it's the, that's the, that's what's stuck in my head the most. So that's got to be my match of the week. Hey, and sidebar on that, right? There's like fan experiences that like you'll just never ever forget. And doing the Judas sing along, so fun, Chris, right? On the Chris Jericho entrance, what have I become? Is probably one of the best fan experiences I've ever had. Like I said, it's so fun. Got to get that. Got it. Got to get that yeah. in the. Uh, I mean, they do a good job, I think, showing how much how much fun that is because it's fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Derek, match of the week, pal. Um, so two things. This isn't my match of the week, but I want to point it out because we haven't talked about it, and I think it deserves to be. How great! Hold on, let me make sure I get which one it was. All right, Dante Martin of Top Flight. Whenever he yeah. came out. For the opening match against the Elite, his segment with Kenny Omega. Holy shit, this boy has moves. It is he did awesome. Yeah. 
Like that's springboard Hurricane Rana from the from inside the ring to the outside of the ring on Kenny. Like it was it was on hard cam side, so we were we were behind it and we didn't get to see it. But like it was spectacular from our seats. But when I watched it back, man, it was crisp. Yeah. You want to talk guys, about Olympic gymnasts being good at what they do? Good God, this and man. And like Tom and I are not like high high fly flippy dippy guys, and like we were into. Well, he's not a little guy either. No, he's lanky. Yeah, he's yeah, he's he's like, much bigger than Nick and Matt, and you know people. Like he's he's from. lean, like he's lean, but he's not. He's not a little guy. Like he's he is a big tall guy, who is just. I mean, and his not only does his stuff look crisp, it looks like it hurts. Yeah, because he's 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 got a lot of velveteen dream, yes. kind of, but like a that. little a little more agile. I think yes. I like that. I like yeah. That. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm, I mean, that shit's over for me. So, uh, no, I mean, I mean, I think he's going places for sure. He needs to keep that up, and, you know, not not get in trouble. Obviously, if anybody um, if if anybody got over on Wednesday night, it was Dante Martin. Although they did make him take the fucking, yeah, he did take the loss with the one winged angel. No, yeah, he took the fucking one winged angel. Triple with, with with the triple V trigger. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, he did get that too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so the good. price you got to pay if you want to do flippy dudes on King uh, Omega. That's it. I mean, it is what it is. Derek, what's yeah. your match of the week, though, pal? So uh, match of the week, and this is going to be a surprise, to you fellas, I'm sure. But I'm going to go with uh, Apollo and Shinsuke Nakamura. For the IC title on SmackDown, it was a it was solid. a good match. It was a solid match. I didn't expect there to be a title change at all, honestly. And uh, Apollo yeah, put up Apollo a hell of a frog splash attempt, which uh, Shinsuke, of course, put the knees up. But still, the dude got up yes. on that one. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, mention, overall, not to mention match. Pat McAfee, Rick Boogs, and Shinsuke <laughs> yeah. celebrating. McAfee is a national treasure. I say yeah. it week after yeah. week. He Look, truly is. is. He's, he's, he's a Pittsburgh original, boys. The world's better because Pittsburgh is a thing. Just <laughs> I, I'll, I'll agree with that. So, Derek, that all you got? Yeah. Okay, so my match, my match of the week was from A Dark Elevation. Ooh. Serpentico and Sammy Guevara. Because they killed Mark Madden? Simply because they killed Mark Madden. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear him butch your bed on the radio? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh no! Hold on. Then before uh, you talk about the match, <laughs> so Mark Madden says, and he the whole next day show because it was the whole show. He's talking about he was at AEW and he hung out with Chris Jericho. And I he, sent you guys he, the picture from Jericho's hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's that's he talked about that mostly, but he he brought it up to where he saw. Luther about to throw Sammy Guevara into Headbutt! Headbutt! Oh my god, that was hilarious. Uh no, that was that's a great that was a great match. That was all the, also one of the other best matches. Um but you talked about how he how he was about to see Sammy get thrown into the barricade that he was sitting front row in front of, and those aren't you know down or anything. Um and he says, Oh, you know, it'll be all right, whatever. Sammy's you know, whatever, a buck eighty. It'll be okay. But Sammy reverses it and throws Luther, who's like 400 pounds of man, right into Mark Madden's knees. <laughs> and Madden says, you know, I'm a bit bruised up and yada yada today. Um, 
And I'm absolutely going to sue Tony Khan because he's a billionaire and that's what you do. But it was a great show nonetheless. And it was just, oh my God, to, we had the perfect, we, nobody could, I wish we would have got that on, on film. Oh my, it, it, like, it was so, so perfect. But anyway, uh, Walt, he I'm was, sorry. He was salty as shit. That's not really my match of the week. I just want to take a jab at Mark. Oh, it was so fun. It was so I, good. My match of the week was actually uh, Andrade versus uh, Kenny Omega at Triple yeah, Man. Um, I was into it, man. Um, outside of Triple A needing to get a little bit of a better depth of field on their their ringside cameras because like we were getting like titties up and and we missed a lot of action. Um, man, I, I thought they put on a really really great match and Kenny and Andrade had a real real great little bit of good chemistry out there and i'm i'm really looking forward to seeing that in aew uh whether it be for the triple a belt or for the aew championship regardless um it was a really really good match um also honorable mention has to go to christian cage and kenny omega uh which was another just stellar stellar match um, christian still got it christian definitely still got it so the thing i liked about that match the most is that all that pointing bullshit that Kenny Omega does, every time he did that, like that sort of revitalized Christian and he would reverse whatever Kenny tried to do after showboating. And like it yeah. would be fucking devastating to Kenny every time. And that's that's something that like I really like. And it, it played into the finish too when uh Kenny was like doing the pointing thing and the bucks threw the chair in, and then Kenny ended up taking the the unprettier, the unprettier, it, or the whenever he took the kill switch on the kill, the kill switch, switch, that's what it is now because it, it was an impaler, was that it? Was now, the impaler was the yeah, unprettier, but yeah, that finish was amazing. Love it, it. Was a good match, great match. So, my, my two top matches of the week were both Kenny Omega matches. So, so write that smart, down because that'll probably. Never probably happen. be the last write time. this down yeah this is never insane. happening again all right guys well um hey man the, let's just let, let's just get this out there um man i had a great time on wednesday with you guys and looking forward to getting a chance to get back out there and, and do some other things and go see some more let's wrestling do it again one more time oh yeah one more time so and then uh, after that one plan for sure yeah it was good great time Apparently, i'm glad we got to drag our corpses to those shows Glad we got to do that shit. Um, yeah. So um, if you're watching us on YouTube, you know that we exist. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, also, while you're here, head on over. Check out the vlog from Dynamite. We had a blast. And I think, like I said earlier, I think that it translates very well into that video, how much fun we really had. Um, if you're listening to us on the audio side, come on over. Check us out on YouTube. Um, you know, Derek, Derek and I and, and Tom, we're, we're, we're looking to be a little bit more active. I think that's kind of the conversation that we're having. Um, check us out on the new Facebook page. One fall WrestleCast. Uh, we're, we're working on building that up right now. Um, and we're going to start throwing some content on there real soon. Um, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at one underscore fall WC. That's O N E. And, you know, audio folks, we appreciate you. We really, really do. And, um, you know, keep hanging in there with us, guys, because we're just going to keep on churning this shit out. Uh, with all that being said, 
Thanks for hanging out. It's all love. We'll catch you next week. One Fall WrestleCast. Okay, bye.